G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. At times like this, when times are tough and work is apparently not so abundant, we might ask important questions about that word, work, and asking the question, what's the big deal about work? You might be familiar with the biblical sentiments of the Apostle Paul who said, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Well, let's talk about Christians and what is the big deal about our work. Dr. Andrew Corbett pastors Lagana Christian Church in northern Tasmania, about 15 minutes north of Launceston. He's the author of several books and is the national president of ICI Theological College Australia, a theological distance education provider. Andrew, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Great to be with you. Andrew, let's talk work, and perhaps you can even contextualise this with what's happening in your state of Tasmania, because there's been all sorts of lockdowns and things are starting to lighten up a little bit, but work's been a challenge, and then there's all sorts of other developments. What's happening in Tassie? Yeah, actually, Neil, thank you. It's quite an interesting situation here. Of course, Tasmania has sort of been the the poor second cousin to the rest of the state's the rest of the states of Australia. But but recently, there's been an, a, sort of an economic boom. There's lots of building, there's lots of commercial activity, there's lots of agricultural things happening. And it's it's actually, according to the ANZ economic reports, Tasmania has, has led the way for the last couple of months, which has led to a really interesting problem that we have. We actually have a trade shortage, so we can't get tradesmen because they're just they're all already working at full capacity so there's a huge skills shortage and there's also interestingly this is the thing that's quite amazing that there's actually businesses that are crying out for staff and they can't get them there's also things like vineyards and and dairy farms that would that would easily put on people you know give them a job but there aren't the people that are prepared to do the work. Now, of course, here in Tasmania for a long time was known as the Apple Isle. And we've got a huge problem looming because as the apples are fruiting up on the tree and they'll be you know, ready to be harvested in the new year, and at the moment there's other things like cherries and so on coming, coming to fruit. But we, we have relied on bringing overseas fruit pickers, you know, the backpackers, into our state. We're not sure whether that's going to happen. And so we have a lot of people on the, in the agricultural sector who are saying, we've got work, we've got jobs, but we haven't got anyone to fulfil them. And the interesting thing is I was speaking with an orchardist who, who said that, Andrew, we, we, we normally bring people in from the Pacific Islands and they work hard and they, they, they love it. It's, it. They get paid well. 
they go back to their Pacific Island nations and they, they, are, they are able to look after their families and so on. And he said, we're not going to be able to get them now because of the lockdown. And we, we cannot, for love or money, <laughs> entice Australians to get out there and you know, work hard. And it is, it's, it's physical work. And even to the point now in Tasmania that the government is advertising for people to consider getting, getting involved in a, a farm job, especially to harvest fruit at this time because it's, it's manual intensive. They have to you know, pick cherries, pick apricots, pick apples off trees, uh, watermelons and so on. And it's, it's something that's becoming a looming crisis. And it, it's got me thinking, Neil, that as Christians, I think we need to rethink what work is really all about. So rethinking what works about, because Tassie's not the only state that is in despair because of a lack of fruit pickers, but Aussies won't go and pick the fruit. So why is it, do you think, that Aussies don't feel like they need to go and do that sort of work and they'd rather stay on some welfare benefit? <laughs> well, it may be welfare benefit or it could be it could be something else. And one, In fact, I was talking with a dairy farmer who would, would love to be, be able to put on several more people to help. Uh, but, this, but he said, I can't find these young people that are prepared. To, you know, maybe they finished high school or gone as far as they want to go in high school. I can't find them, uh, to, you know, who are prepared to get up at 4.30 in the morning, put the gumboots on and, and bring the cows into the milking shed. I, I just, we just can't find them. And, and I had a call from someone else, and often I have employers call me and ask if we have any you know, young people in a youth group that might like a job or something like that. And, and he said that the part of the, the difficulty that they are finding is, is not so much the ability to work, but it's the reliability to get to work. He said sometimes these, these people won't come in because they slept in or they won't come because whatever – and, and he, he said, that, you know, these jobs, are, uh, are, are, they're paid well. They're really paid well. But the dairy farmer said to me, one young man said, how much does it pay? Because I would not take a job that, that wouldn't pay under $100,000 a year. Um, Neil, I, I'm not sure how many 17-year-olds earn $100,000 a year. And... <laughs> Apparently, you know, they have said to me that it seems like they would much rather stay at home on the couch and play video games and get their whatever it is, welfare benefit, than actually work. And I think as Christians, we need to think in a term that the, the older, perhaps an older generation of Christians, maybe 100, 200 years ago, called the Protestant work ethic, which saw work not just as the thing you did to earn money, but work was what you did to glorify God. Work was what you did as an act of worship. And they called that the Protestant work ethic. And that passage that quoted from the Apostle Paul, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord and do it heartily. Do it with all your might, essentially, we might say. That, that somehow seems to have faded a bit in people's theological memory, Neil. So how would we make an adjustment here? Because a lot of Christians will say, well, I'm getting my guidance from God because I'm looking to the Bible. 
How do we glean from the Bible what God's attitude to work is so that that becomes our attitude too? Um, yeah, and that's the question. That is, the, that is really the question. That we, How does God see this? And I think this is where when we survey the Bible, and we don't have to try too hard, we just turn to Genesis chapter 2, and we see that before the fall of man, so some people will say, oh, work, you know, it's a part of the curse of the fall. Actually, God had charged Adam to, to dress, till and keep the Garden of Eden, which some biblical scholars believe was hundreds of kilometres, square kilometres. Not, you know, we, we sometimes see the, the depiction of the Garden of Eden as someone's, you know, not much bigger than someone's front lawn. But, but the, the scholars say that, you know, in order, we consider that God brought all the animals <laughs> all the species of animals to Adam and they were in the garden so it must have been a huge place and the point there is that God created man mankind, man and woman to work it's, it's not something you do just to eke out a living it's something you do because you're created to do it and you're created in the image of a God who works and when we get this some people think, yeah, but God's not working anymore because, after all, he rested after the sixth day. But the Hebrew brings out, it's not that he ceased all activity. It's that he ceased creative activity in the sense of once creation was done, that kind of work ceased. But God has continued to do work in the sense of he's continued to be active. And we're created in the image of that God. So I think when we realise Adam, our forebear, was created to work. He was designed to work. So work does a couple of things straight off. One, it's designed to glorify God. I mean, Adam was, you know, told to work in the garden that God had planted. And so by looking after that garden, it was actually serving God. It was actually doing something that glorified God. And, and secondly, God determined that it was also good for Adam. So it starts there. Let's recognize work is not just about eking out a living. Work is actually about doing something we're created to do to glorify God that God considers is actually good for our character. What about this idea of, uh, wouldn't it be great to get rich quick uh, just to win the lotto? Uh, you know, get an inheritance. Uh, those sorts of things would short-circuit my need to work. But what you're saying here is uh, work is a part of what God has given to us. And no doubt uh, there's going to be benefits to the humanness of my life if I'm able to recognize what God wants me to do by way of work, whatever I'm gifted in and put my hand to, what can we glean from the scripture as to what sort of benefits we might get from being the sort of worker that we're called to be? And, and Neil, no wonder people, are, you know, a younger generation, are not inclined to get up at 4.30 in the morning and put the gumboots on when they see on TV someone perhaps playing a ukulele in front of a crowd and making it through to the final and winning a million dollars. I mean, literally winning a million dollars. It's like, well, Dad, why would I need to go to work? My children might, not only might say to me, have said to me that it's like I, I, all I have to do is, 
you know, be a rock star or, or go on a talent quest and, and win. And then I've got a million dollars and I'm set for life. So, yes, you're right. Lotto and all the rest of it kind of sends this subtle message that, you know, you can strike it rich and you'll never have to work another day in your life. Of course, internationally, we know that the statistics on that kind of thing happening are pretty remote. And secondly, for those that it does happen to, within, I think the average person within two years loses most of what they earned or earned or won in, in say, the lotto or something like that. In Australia, I heard the research uh, revealed it's less than two years. Not only is it less than two years, in fact, people who win the lotto, like millions of dollars, are in Australia, in, within 18 months, generally, on average, will lose that. They will lose it all. And tragically, many of them actually end up being further in debt than they were before they won the lotto because they, they take out loans against their, their winnings and it's terrible. So when we, when we think that God has designed work, and in the book of Proverbs, it says that by, by being a worker, someone who's able to serve God, like Daniel did to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was not a nice man. He was not a good man. And yet Daniel saw his role in Babylon as serving God. And, and the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1, that you develop a name, a name. And it, it doesn't mean like, you know, your name is Neil Johnson. It means that Neil Johnson is known as someone who is a hard worker, a reliable worker, a good worker. He's honest. He doesn't steal from his employer. He's someone who puts in a good day's work. He's someone who turns up to work early and stays back just a little bit. Not, not because, he's a, because he's not a clock watcher. He's someone who's trying to give his best. So Proverbs 22.1 says that a good name is to be chosen above you know, incredible treasure. It, it says in Proverbs 22 verse 4 that work actually develops in us the, the, the main quality or characteristic of what it means to serve God, and that is humility. And when you think about it, when you've got to get up in the morning, you don't feel like getting up in the morning, and you go and do something that you think is so beneath you, but you're prepared to do it, and you're prepared to do it gladly, it develops this character trait of humility in you. And the Bible says that's really an admirable quality. And then in Proverbs 28, 6, it says that you can develop by working, by being a diligent hard worker. You can develop honesty and integrity again another virtue that the bible commends and it comes by work and if all you, you wait <laughs> if you're waiting to win lotto you don't get the opportunity to develop your character in these regards and proverbs 28 verse 20 says that by hard work you can you can be a recipient of the blessings of god so sometimes we're asking god to bless us and meet our needs and I think, you know, we fail to realize that most of the time in Scripture, we see that God answers those prayers with opportunities, not the, not the provision itself, but with opportunities. And, that could, and the greatest opportunity that most of us will be presented with is the opportunity to work. 
So our work is shaped by the things that shape our lives. We often talk about a reference to the scriptures, understanding God's word, understanding his purpose and his power at work in us, transforming us. And so those virtues that we would glean from scripture, we make them a part of not only our life in our family, but also the way we apply ourselves to our work. Andrew, for listeners who'd like to take this further, Uh, Do you have a sermon or do you have a teaching that they can access on this issue of work? Uh, Absolutely. Thank you for asking. Yes, in fact, you will find a summary of a message that I've recently given on this topic on the YouTube channel of uh, our church, Lagana Christian Church. So if you go youtube.com forward slash Lagana, L-E-G-A-N-A, CC, Lagana, CC, you'll see that there's a summary of this message on YouTube now. Well, you have a fabulous way of communicating these things in a very down-to-earth way. So check out that YouTube clip and just type in Lagana Christian Church, L-E-G-A-N-A. And there's a number of books too that Andrew's written and you'll be able to access those at andrewcorbett.net, andrewcorbett.net. Dot net, or go through the website of Lagana Christian Church. Andrew, thanks so much for updating us today on some fabulous insights around work. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 